0: As we all know, last episode we did our picks for the end of the season awards. With those season awards being picked, obviously season's coming to an end as we mentioned that last episode and any person that watches basketball and is tuning into this assumes and knows that the NBA season's basically over. This is being recorded on the day of the final games being played and uh, so we're going to basically grade everyone's season that um, before the playoffs and if The team is obviously going into the playoffs. We will do another final grading eventually when the entire postseason is over, grading teams in the postseason. But this is mainly just the regular season and looking at the team's record after the 82 games that comes before the playoffs, obviously. We're doing the Eastern Conference this episode, and we will then come out with another episode on the Western Conference gradings later in the week. So let's get it started. First team we have here, the Atlanta Hawks. So for the Atlanta Hawks, we... We were deciding somewhere between the C range. We decided on about a C, a C minus. The Hawks were obviously one of the most surprising teams last season and played incredibly well, making it all the way to the Eastern Conference playoffs finals after beating the Knicks in the first round. And, yeah, they looked terrific, and a lot of people had high expectations and hope for them to keep improving this year and continue their great run from the year before. Safe to say, Danny, that just has not happened.
1: Yeah, so... They they have been underachieving a lot then like compared to what they did last year, people obviously expected a lot more out of them this year. But where I want to go with it is the fact that they're still like a they're still a good team. They're still a solid team. They're, they're still right. a
0: solid team. Also, like Trey Young Trey Young isn't been the one to blame. He's obviously had yeah. another fantastic exactly. season. Exactly.
1: He'll probably are... end up on all NBA first team. I think so. In my opinion.
0: He's on my all NBA first I'm team. I'm not gonna agree with that. He's on my all NBA first. Team. We will we'll actually, talk about that in another Yeah, episode. we will have another episode doing our All-NBA teams as well, so stay tuned for those two, the part two of this one and then the All-NBA teams episode. But right now the Hawks sit at ninth currently in the Eastern Conference in position to play the Hornets right now in the play-in. I think if the Hawks even struggle against the Hornets, really there's not much hope left for them. But based on the regular season, you know, John Collins missed a punk, uh, chunk of the season. They had a Dealt with a bunch of injuries. Kevin Herter didn't really take a leap as many expected him to. He's kind of put up the same stats as he has every other year. And, yeah, they missed Clint Capella for part of the season, and that really just set them off. They've been a really streaky team. They've had moments where they've won a couple games in a row and looked like they were getting back on track, and then they'd go on a losing skid and lose like six in a row. So really with the Hawks, a C, C-minus, I think this season is more than fair. They didn't meet expectations, but they aren't horrible, and they're mids. still a competent team. Mids. The definition of mids is the Atlanta Hawks this year. Yes. Now moving on to the Boston Celtics.
1: So me and Nate came to an agreement that we're going to give them an A for this season because they did start off the season slow. But we, it, at, but if we're only talking about the second half of the season, easy A-plus in my opinion.
0: Yeah, they're, it's really borderline A-plus for me because the Celtics right now – they sit at third in the Eastern Conference. I would give them an A-plus if they had really made that run to be the second or first seed. Actually, right now, they are tied with the Bucs for the second seed, but they lose the tiebreaker. So, depending on the outcomes of today's game, the Celtics could potentially move up to number two. The Bucks did lose earlier in the day, but the Celtics have still not played as of this moment. But, regardless, 2-3 seed, the Celtics have been incredible. The longest winning streak in the NBA this season been the hottest team in basketball since the all-star break in the new year really and Celtics fans have a lot to look forward to going into the playoffs Tatum put up a near MVP campaign if not for the great years had by other players such as Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo the list goes on this has been one of the craziest MVP races we've had in years but Tatum nonetheless had a terrific season and Boston Celtics fans should be more than ecstatic with how they have played especially as of late so an A is more than fair And if you want to argue an A-plus, I'm not going to disagree. All right, the next team we have up is another team that had very high expectations, much like the Atlanta Hawks, but probably a lot higher, considering they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the team. It's the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets obviously did not live up to the expectations this season. They were the title favorites, and right now they sit at just the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. Mainly why I'm not going lower, and me and Danny decided to stick at a B-minus with their grade is because, obviously, the whole vaccine mandate, Kyrie Irving couldn't play in most of the games. He only played in about 26, 27 games all season. KD missed many games with the injury, and they were horrible without him. So, really, I think Brooklyn's success this season is going to be measured by the playoffs, but for the regular season, it's a B-minus. They maintained enough of a record without KD and Kyrie to still make the play-in tournament. So... That's something to be happy about, I guess. But this season was kind of a disappointment, at least for the regular season for the Nets. They're definitely in a dilemma where if they do you know, play well in the playoffs, they go
1: far in the playoffs, where you can definitely upgrade it, I, I think, to an A.
0: I mean, yeah, if, they, play, if yeah. they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, at least like they're expected to, I think you can't really argue that they didn't have an, at least an A or an A-minus mm-hmm. season. Because
1: realistically, regular season record, but the team. as long as you make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, but especially with getting Ben Simmons back, if this team doesn't win a championship, I think it's hard to give them anything but at least highest B. So as of right now, based on the injury-prone and COVID uh, vaccine-mandate-riddled season that the Nets had, we're sticking at a B-minus for them right now. The next Eastern Conference team we have up here talking about is the Charlotte Hornets going down to Michael Jordan's team. The Hornets are a really young team, and this was an interesting season because I'm not really sure what the expectations were for the Hornets at the beginning of this year because they were so young. I mean, they obviously got Gordon Hayward, and they were expected to be a solid team, and that's what they are. They haven't surpassed expectations, I don't think, by any means, but they really haven't um, disappointed either. Lamelo Balls had a terrific season, making his first all-star appearance, becoming one of very few or an elite club of people who have been 20-point-per-game scorers at the age of 20. Miles Bridges obviously had the great improvement this season. Kelly Oubre had a great season as a sixth man. Terry Rozier still put up his usual stats and was very good, and they were one of the better offensive teams in the league. They really struggle mainly with their defense, but they're going to be in the play-in tournament. And as a young team, I don't think there's much more you could have asked for them out of this season is to just see improvement, and that's really what we got to see from the Charlotte Hornets. So I think a B-plus is more than fair. Um, I would give them maybe an A-minus, but they aren't that good of a team. They're a solid team. They're doing what a young team should be doing. And I think they're in the right direction, but for the season overall, I think a B-plus is good.
1: I also think that a B-plus is good. I mean, obviously, I also think that a B-plus is fair, obviously, because of what Nate said. They're still a very young team. They obviously showed a lot of development this year. And, I
0: mean, they're in the playoffs, so... And Gordon Hayward also missed time, and he was their oldest starter, and a guy that, honestly, they look a lot better with when he's on the court, and... He kind of creates a stability for them at times. But even without him, they still maintain to have a decent record. And they are, like we said, in the play-in. And this is the first time they've made such since the Kemba Walker era. So it's progress. And you got to love to see that from a young team like the Hornets and LaMelo Ball. The next team up we have is an interesting one. The Chicago Bulls, obviously, after the off-season, Danny said this. Actually, hold on. The next team we have up is the Chicago Bulls, who are a really interesting team, like Danny had just brought up before we started recording. The expectations for the Chicago Bulls were kind of weird at the beginning of the season because many people thought they were good, and then there were other people who thought that DeRozan was the worst signing of the offseason.
1: Yeah, so uh, obviously that didn't uh, you know, prove to be true because DeRozan had an MVP campaign, and Honestly, so first half of the season the Bulls were really looking like a team that I can give an A.
0: The a Bulls were looking two. like they, legit contenders yeah. at the beginning of the season when they were Seriously. fully healthy with Lonzo, Caruso, DeRozan, Vooch. And then second half of the season. You
1: can't you can't they can't be di- good teams. I know yeah, okay, so that they can't be good teams and also I don't think that you could ding their grade as much because Lonzo's injury.
0: Yes, I agree. They didn't you didn't get to see the full potential of this team really in the regular season because of Lonzo missing so much of the time and him being their best defender and honestly their anchor defensively when he did play they were a much better defensive team a top 10 defensive team actually when Lonzo was playing and now they're bottom 10 the Chicago Bulls have been horrendous against top three seeded teams and look like they won't give any contenders in the playoffs any fight because their defense is just not good enough and they don't play up to their opponents levels. And often it seems that they played down to their other. Uh, it play, they played down to a team that shouldn't necessarily be better than them. The Chicago Bulls are still ha- have had a good season nonetheless. So I really can't ding them too much, even though they have been up and down and not beaten some of the great teams. Uh, they still sit at a record of forty-five and thirty-six after eighty-one games. They're the sixth seed in the East, but they were the one seed at one point. So I think we got to give them a B plus, A minus. It would have been a lot higher if the Bulls had maintained the momentum that they had earlier on in the season. But, again, no Lonzo makes that a lot harder to do.
1: So next team that we're going to move on to, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, me and Nate are going to give them an A because we really didn't expect them to be as good as they were. They they impressed a lot of yeah. people this year. The improvement of Jared Allen this year, the improvement of Darius Garland this year. it's It's been great to watch. Kevin Love off the bench today actually
0: went Berserk in 14, 14 minutes. 14 minutes. The guy played 14 minutes and had 32 points and 10 rebounds. It's the most impressive. points ever scored under 15 minutes in a game. Eight threes. The dude was a flamethrower and he's had a great year for the Cavs this season off the bench. I compare this a lot to last year's Knicks when they had Derrick Rose off the bench in a very similar role despite them being two different players. Love has brought a very similar stability and veteran mindset and le- mindset and leadership to this Cavs team who is a young team in general. Darius Garland and Jared Allen both named obviously all-stars for the first times and the Cavs have just been way better than a lot of people expected them to. Evan Mobley's looking like he's going to be a perennial all-star. He's been arguably the rookie of the year and really the Cavs just have had a lot of things to look forward to and bright spots this season. It's at least a B or it's at least an A minus. The Cavs this season get at least an A minus, probably an A. I think we're going to- more towards an A. And just for anybody who, you know,
1: doesn't understand, just to clarify, we're not basing a team's grade off of just their record. We're basing it off of what they're, you know, This is not uh, just... We're basing it off of what the prediction was at the beginning of the season, how we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season compared to how they were now, what they were trying to do. So teams like at the bottom of the
0: conference, like the Magic and the Pistons and teams like like that won't get dinged for their record. So like next episode, we're not going to put the Thunder at an F because they're one of the worst teams in their conference. That's just stupid. No one expected the Thunder to be anything. So we're not going to act like we were. They did what
1: they wanted to do. Moving down to one of the lesser records in the conference, the Detroit Pistons. So uh, 23 and 59 this year, but we didn't really expect
0: anything. Me and Nate are gonna give them a. We're gonna stick at a B minus B, and really the reason for that is obviously the Pistons suck. But everyone knew the Pistons were gonna suck. They had the number one pick in the draft last year with Cade, obviously. But the reason why I'm not gonna give them a lower grade is because for what they have and for what their roster is, they did about as much as they could do. If that roster did not have Cade, they probably would have been the worst team in the league, I think, by a good amount. They aren't the worst team in the league. They're 14th in the East, and, yeah, they don't have the worst record, so I think that's something to say. Sadiq Bey has had a couple of great moments so far this season. Isaiah Stewart has continued to grow, and they've really just grown as a young core. Jeremy Grant had another solid season, and you can't really ask for much, as this team doesn't have the makeup of anything to go far or make the playoffs. The Pistons did what they were capable of doing, if not more so, honestly, because at the beginning of the season, if you had asked me if the Pistons would win 23 games, I probably would have thought more so on the lines of, like, 15 games. So where I'm going with giving the the Pistons around,
1: like, a B minus, a B, something like that is because, obviously, we're putting C as mids, as we had had mentioned earlier. And I, I think that the Pistons had a checklist this year in tanking successfully. Cade being really good, and then you had the add-ons of Sadiq Bey dropping 50, averaging 16, him showing improvement, and like you said, Stu showing improvement. Yeah,
0: all they wanted to do really was get another high draft pick and watch the young guys grow and see Cade in his rookie season and give him as much opportunity as they could, and that's exactly what they did.
1: Basically where we're going with it is that
0: they honestly accomplished more than I thought they would this year. They sucked, but they didn't suck nearly as bad as a lot of us had thought. Yes, the next team we're moving on to is going down to Indianapolis. We have the Indiana Pacers. At the beginning of the season, the Pacers roster looked way, way, way different than it does right now. DeMontis Sabonis obviously being traded for Tyrese Halliburton midseason. But this roster had a makeup of Malcolm Brogdon, DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, and a couple other guys. TJ Warren was possibly expected to play this season, and they were a playoff team last year in the past couple of years, and... Most people thought that would continue. Except they were horrible with that group, and T.J. Warren didn't play. So they blew it up and traded for Tyrese Halliburton, and then they ended up at 25-57. and 57. They are the 13th seed in the Eastern Conference after making the playoffs and consecutive, earned multiple seasons uh, in a row. And really, they just stunk it up this season in the beginning and decided to blow it up. Me and Danny are deciding to give him a D plus and not a D, only for the reason is they got Tyrese Halliburton and they really set a direction. Really, they should have done it earlier as this team was never meant to be a contender. And overall, the Pacers really just needed to do something different as their core was clearly not going to ever win them a championship.
1: If, if we're only talking about the Tyrese Halliburton trade, which we already graded in a past episode, go watch that. We, we gave it a pretty high grade, and... The reason why it doesn't reflect on the Pacers' grade as much is just because it took them so long to do it to pick a direction to go,
0: and the fact that they still sucked regardless. And at the beginning they, of the season, this team wasn't expected to be a team that was a bottom thirteen seed in their no. conference.
1: They wanted, yeah, exactly. At the beginning of the season, this team was a playoff a, a playoff team. Yeah, exactly, a playoff team. And um, then they kind of just weren't that. They forgot and how to play basketball. They, essentially. Exactly. They forgot how to play basketball essentially. And then they finally did what they've needed to do for years, which is pick a direction, either choose if you want to buy and then contend or sell and go into rebuild mode, which they finally decided to go into rebuilding mode after seeing that this season was just a lost cause. Alright, so now moving on to the Miami Heat. A plus. Easy A plus in my opinion. Nope. They are
0: top two team in the league in my opinion. I don't know if I'd go as far as saying that, but record-wise, they are the number one seed in the East, and they've missed Jimmy Butler for periods of time this season, they've missed Bam for periods of time this season, they've missed Lowry for periods of time this season, and really their depth and their coaching and the stepping up of other guys such as Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and Omer Yurtsevin even at times, and other guys as well. Tyler Hero having a six-man-of-the-year campaign. The Heat have been one of the best teams all all year long, and it's never wavered really, the Heat get an A+. plus. They've been one of the most consistent teams out of anyone. And really have just, if they had expectations, probably even surpassed those. All right, next up we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously last year's defending world champions. And again, they're still one of the best teams in the East and one of the best teams in the league. Even though right now they are tied for the second seed, technically they have the advantage over the Boston Celtics. They are 51-31. and 31. They're still a super good basketball team. Giannis is being Giannis, having another fantastic year, another MVP campaign. Drew Holiday's been fantastic. Chris Middleton's still been really good. It's just been another season that the Bucks have been having every regular season. It's just going to be whether they can do it in the playoffs again and win a back-to-back title. Me and Danny have settled on an A- because really the Bucs haven't necessarily met expectations because they've had some struggles in the regular season, but overall they've still been stupid good. I feel like I've been doing this the whole episode, but like I'm
1: saying with the Bucks, they obviously struggled a little bit more in the second half of the season than they did in the first half of the season. So first half of the season, I would have given them a higher grade, but they did drop off a little bit. But honestly, when it comes to playoff time, I don't think that, I don't think it'll matter. I think that they'll still be the same team come playoff time and they're definitely contenders. So.
0: Now on to the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks came into the season as one of the more surprising teams of the last year after even though... They did lose to the Hawks in five games. They had a lot of promise, and people expected them to go back to the playoffs. That just wasn't the case this year. Julius Randle shot 10% less from three, and ultimately him being their best player, not playing at the same level, led to them just not being nearly as good of a team. They had some chemistry issues, rotation issues. It was just not a good season for the Knicks, really. I mean, now looking at the bright side, today Obi Toppin dropped 42 points. That made me so so happy and quickly and Emmanuel quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. dropped his second career triple double after dropping his first one just a week ago had a career-high 34 points so really the Knicks I'm gonna give them a D plus and not a D just simply because of the fact that their young core has been very promising at the end of the season but all around the Knicks have been horrible this year and especially for what they were expected to be they missed the playoffs and were eliminated from the play-in contention fairly earlier than the other teams in the top 12. Well, when we were watching the Knicks
1: today, you did mention that the the reason why the Knicks aren't as good as they were last year is because the, you know, uh, what do you call it? The, the decline in Julius Randle's numbers, but a lot of it had to do with his three-point percentage going down 10%.
0: His three-point percentage really last year is what opened up so much for the Knicks, and it just wasn't there this season, and they couldn't replicate the amazing season that the Knicks had just a year ago. And now people have a question mark about Tom Thibodeau if he's really a good coach or
1: not so now moving on to the Orlando Magic this is going to be one of the more boring teams that we cover because they came into the season with basically no expectations and they didn't really do anything this year and they were kind of just awful so yeah we're going to give them a C- minus, which is average because they I guess did live up to expectations because there was none
0: yeah C, C- is what we're going to give them the Magic are just there's not much to talk about I mean you can mo bomb was kind of cool mo bomb was cool i guess franz wagner. franz wagner had a good rookie season but other than that it was just kind of ass as a season so but that's what it was expected i think c is obviously what they get it's just i don't really know what else to say for the magic there's not much to say all right so next team we have up is the philadelphia 76ers another potential contender We're going to give them an A on the season because right now they are one of the three teams with the same record as the two and three seed, even though they're technically listed as the fourth. They're 51 and 31. Joel Embiid, obviously MVP season, my pick for the MVP. James Harden coming over in a trade. That was a really good addition, hopefully for them, getting rid of a disgruntled Ben Simmons who was offering nothing to their roster. The Sixers have been really good as a team as well as having some individuals having some great seasons. So really an A for the Sixers is more than fair. And I look forward to seeing what they can do in the playoffs because that's really where their season is going to be tested. So this next team we have is a team that has really surprised a lot of us this year. The Toronto Raptors, they always somehow find a way to be good, it seems, every single year except for the last year, obviously, when they had Scotty Barnes in the draft. But the Toronto Raptors weren't expected necessarily to be a team that made any noise this year or even make the playoffs, and right now they sit at the 5 seed. They've been absolutely on fire since the All-Star break. Fred Van Vliet was an all-star this year. Pascal Siakam's playing at another all star level. He could have honestly made the all star game as well. He'll probably make an NBA team all NBA team. OG is playing the best basketball of his career. Chris Boucher's not been in as big of a role this season. He's still contributing off the bench, even though they don't have many bigs. Precious Achu has come out of nowhere and been really good, and especially with the three ball. The Raptors right now sit at forty eight and thirty four at their final record, and it's just a lot better than a lot some people think and have to It was a lot better of a record than maybe some people had predicted them to be at, and a lot of that goes to credit Nick Nurse and just their discipline in that team and Fred Van Vliet's leadership. The Raptors are just such a good, complete team, and, yeah, I think an A-plus or an A is what they they have. I think an A-plus or an A is a good grade for them this season.
1: So, me and Nate don't like giving out A-pluses like that, you know, like they're candy, but, um... When you have a team that performs well above expectations and you have somebody who is top two, top three in Rookie of the Year campaign, it, it's really hard to not give them an A, A+.
0: plus. It, it's really hard not to. The last team we have for this episode is going to be the Washington Wizards, a team that started off the season absolutely terrific. They started 10-3 and 3 and were one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, and since then they have just not been. That simple is that they have not been one of the best teams in the East. They've been one of the worst teams in the East. Finished at number 12 at a record of 35-47, and even though they had Bradley Beal for a majority of the season. They had Montrezl Harrell and Spencer Dinwiddie early in the season. That did not work out very well. They obviously traded Dinwiddie for Porzingis, which makes the season look possibly a little better and a little brighter. But the Wizards had a harder fall off this season from year start to year end probably than any other team, so I think it's hard to not give them a D plus.
1: Yeah. So uh I think if they hadn't made any moves at the trade deadline, they'd be sitting at a D. D D minus. Yeah. But I think that the acquisition of
0: Porzingis, I think maybe like gave him a little a little bump. It's getting a young player yeah. like that and Porzingis has been pretty good for them so far since he's gotten there, so I guess that is um something that can be looked at as a positive the of the one season bright spot. The one one takeaway that isn't horrible really from this season for the Wizards. So Again, D+.
1: So, guys, that'll do it for that segment. We do have one thing that we want to cover really quick before we end this episode. Uh, Rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins. Prayers go out to him and his family.
0: Yeah, just a tragic loss. Really, prayers to anybody who has been affected by the incident. Hopefully, Dwayne is in a better place now, and it's such a sad tragedy to see someone so young have their life taken at the blink of an eye. Just be grateful for your life. Tell your family you love them. Tell your friends you love them. And really cherish every day you have on this planet because it's not it's not to be taken for granted. And as always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Booming Basketball Podcast. I'm Nate. I'm Danny. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.